0: Hello and welcome to our message this evening, and I'm so glad you've joined us. Uh, This week we're continuing our theme of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And tonight we're talking about an ugly. These are the lessons from the kings and queens of Judah and Israel. So let's pray to begin. Dear Lord, we ask you to be with us this evening as we explore your word. Make it come alive to us. Help us to learn your ways and apply them in our lives. Anoint your word and help us to hear your message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we zeroed in on some kings, and this week we're going to be looking at some of the queens. And my topic tonight tells of Athaliah, the daughter of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel of Israel. And it's interesting to me that the leadership of the two kingdoms of Israel and Judah are very connected. The desire for power and control sometimes were major factors to the royal families. And in Athaliah's case, her marriage to Jehoram, son of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, leads to no good. Athaliah is married to Jehoram of Judah to seal a treaty between the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And King Jehoshaphat, Jehoram's father, had been a good king and followed the Lord's commands. But this unholy alliance is a poor choice. Then his son Jehoram kills his six brothers to secure his kingship. That tells us a little bit about him. (laughs) So we find this account in 2 Kings, starting in chapter eight, verses 26. We're starting, oh sorry, verse 16, we're starting with. So Jehoram, now that's Athaliah's husband, son of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, began to rule over Judah in the fifth year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old, when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he had married one of Ahab's daughters, Athaliah, our subject for tonight. So Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but the Lord did not want to destroy Judah, for he had promised his servant David that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp, forever. So let's go on and take a closer look at the evil that transpires concerning Athaliah. And we could go in so many different directions here right now with so many characters, but tonight we're focusing on Athaliah. So God's promise is fulfilled that David's descendants will continue to rule Judah forever. Remember that Jesus is of the house and lineage of David, and God, as always, has a plan that will not be thwarted. So continuing in 2 Kings 8 verse 24, When Jehoram died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Ahaziah became the next king. And ah- ah- Ahaziah is going to rule in Judah. So. Ahaziah, in verse uh, 25, Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, began to rule over Judah in the 12th year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel. So Joram was Ahaziah's uncle, and Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in in Jerusalem one year. His mother was Athaliah, granddaughter of King Omri of Israel. And I'd like to note that Athaliah's grandfather, King Omri, did evil, and it is described as even more evil than any of the kings before him. So King Ahaziah got caught up in the aftermath of the Lord's promise to destroy Ahab's descendants after Naboth's murder, and we heard about this last week from uh, Sister Rachel in her message about Ahab. And... Ahaziah was killed in addition to Ahab's family. So now back to Athaliah and her stepping into the role of queen in Judah. This is 2 Kings 11 verse one. When Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, so he was killed, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family now these are Ahaziah's children, her grandchildren. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. So just think about the motives that could cause a grandmother to seek to kill all her grandchildren. So she, the children's aunt, put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom. They hid him from Athaliah. So the child was not murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. So after this six years passes, there's a revolt against Queen Athaliah. Now she's the only queen either in Israel or Judah that reigns in her own right, and that reign is obtained illegally. Athaliah usurps the throne after her son dies and tries to break the chain of David's descendants ruling in Judah. She was messing with God's promise that David's descendants would rule forever. So let's go to 2 Kings 11 verse four. There's a revolt against Athaliah. By this time, the priest had had enough of Athaliah's wickedness. So in the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, Jehoiada the priest summoned the commanders, the Kerite mercenaries, and the palace guards to come to the temple of the Lord. He made a solemn pact with them and made them swear an oath of loyalty there in the Lord's temple. Then he showed them the king's son. Jehoiada then arranges a plan to keep the son, Joash, safe until he's crowned king. So 2 Kings 11, verse 12. Then Jehoiada brought out Joash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king and everyone clapped, and their hands, uh, they clapped their hands and they shouted, Long live the king. So how do you suppose Athaliah, who thinks all the king's sons, uh, Ahaziah's uh, children were dead, here, she hears all this noise. So when Athaliah heard the noise made by the palace guards and the people, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar, as was the custom at the times of coronation. The commanders and trumpeters were surrounding him and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. When Athaliah saw this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, treason, treason. Interesting that she would accuse them of treason. Verse 15, then Jehoiada, the priest, ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops, take her to the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest had said, she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her and led her out to the gate where horses enter the palace grounds, and she was killed there. And verse 17, Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. He also made a covenant between the king and the people. And in 2 Kings 11:20, So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful, because Athaliah had been killed at the king's palace. So her reign had come to an abrupt end, and despite her efforts to wipe out all the heirs to the throne, God preserved Joash. And it's interesting, uh, 2 Kings 12 verse one, Joash began to rule over Judah in the seventh year of King Jehu's reign in Israel, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 40 years. So that was a longer reign. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. All his life, Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Okay, and why would he do what's pleasing? Because Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Although Joash's reign had some issues regarding the practices in the temple, it's recorded that he strove to please the Lord all his life and God fulfilled his promise by restoring a rightful king in Judah of the lineage of David. So what can we take away from the story of Athaliah? The first lesson is that even in the midst of evildoers, God keeps his promises. Numbers 23:19 says, god is not a man so he does not lie he's not human so he does not change his mind has he ever spoken and failed to act has he ever promised and not carried it through in 2 samuel 711 b through 16 the prophet nathan tells david furthermore the lord declares that he will make a house for you a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, Solomon. And I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would do, but my favor will not be taken from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. God did not allow his promise to be violated. The story of Athaliah emphasizes the certainty of God's promises, both in the negative and the positive. If we set out to prove that God's promises do not matter as Athaliah did, we're going to be sorely disappointed. God will not change his mind. But also in the positive sense, we can rely on all God's promises that he has stated in his word. Samuel twenty two thirty one, and David says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He's a shield for all who look to him for protection. And then a second takeaway. The account of Athaliah's life also teaches us that living to please self leads to destruction. The desire for power and prestige are in direct opposition to the life of humility that we as Christians are to live. Putting anything ahead of God is idolatry. In Romans 8, one through three, Paul instructed, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. I think that's that's the whole point. We must just not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. And then another takeaway, number three, we must watch the company we keep. Jehoram's marriage to Athaliah, Ahab's daughter, was an indication that he was open to follow the evil ways of Ahab, king of Israel. And then with Ahaziah, the company you keep matters. Ahaziah received the same uh, treatment as the descendants of Ahab, simply because he was with them. You could call it guilt by association. He was there, so they decided kill him too. Ahaziah, was destroyed right along with the dynasty of Ahab. So as to the good, the bad, and the ugly, it seems that Athaliah could fit into both the bad and the ugly categories. It's clearly another example for us not to follow. Instead of demanding our own desires, let us remember the words of Isaiah in chapter 55, verses eight through 10. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we worship and praise you for your excellent greatness. You alone know what is best for each one of us. Help us to trust you and allow you to lead us through this life. Keep us from the evil that exists in this world and direct our paths. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you for tuning in tonight. And I hope you'll join us tomorrow night for Friday Night with Friends and have a nice evening.